Welcome to E5 of Belief Over Doubts, a show where we work to apply Bible basics to real life situations. I am your host for the show, Robert Polk. Here we are in E5, the final part of our series on understanding your overall health. We've already discussed physical health, mental health, and financial health. So that leaves us with spiritual health. Um, spiritual health, I honestly believe, is the glue that keeps everything else together. Since this one is so important, it's time for me to get a little more um, preachy, as one of my daughters calls it. Um, but let's recap E4 on financial health so that we can dive all the way into spiritual. Um, several things we discussed were the amount of money that you have in the bank, high or low, does not determine your financial health. Planning and preparation are pillars to establishing and maintaining financial health. You should invest in others as well as yourself for long-term financial gain. God doesn't care about the amount of your sacrifice. He cares about your willingness to sacrifice. You currently make enough today to have a positive effect on your tomorrow. Establishing a culture of giving around you where people support each other has life-changing implications. You should always think twice about using credit and make a concentrated effort to put resources away for the next generation. Remain in control of your desires and keep your possessions from possessing you. If I missed anything in that quick recap that you want to remind other viewers of, please share it in the comments below. As we start our journey, I have to begin by asking you, how do you define spiritual health? What does that phrase even mean? Let me start by saying what it does not mean. It's not it's not living like Ned Flanders. It's not uh, barefoot and burlesque sat clothing. It's not being holier than thou. It's not being religious. Believe it or not, I'm not religious. I do place my faith in God and I believe in the Holy Trinity. But God gave me an opportunity to have a genuine relationship with him. And that helps me with with everything for real it's not just religion um there's a christian rapper uh named that goes by nf um he says that christian is not the definition of a perfect me it's not thinking that you can't or that you don't sin um let me go back real quick to not being religious um for multiple reasons religion is often associated with spiritual health it's a simple connection um and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. So on the surface, it makes sense to tie the two together, right? People who are faith-based or religious are often considered spiritual because some of the direction given through certain or popular religions allow you uh, guidelines to increase your spirituality. But for the means of this conversation, religion and spiritual health are two completely different things and I'm not going to categorize them as the same. I'm not going to pull a scripture that tells us how to increase your religion. Uh, I want us locked in and trying to understand your spiritual health so that you can increase your overall health. With physical health, um, you can get updates from your physician. With financial health, you can continuously check on your accounts. You can look at your stock. You can check on those who you are investing in. Um, even with mental health, mental health is more trackable than spiritual health. Because if 
or when we can be honest with ourselves about our true thoughts um, and what actions our thoughts will lead to, there is help in that realm. But spiritual health is not the same. Spiritual health is more like it's, it's, it's a peace that you can't see. It's a calmness that you can feel but may not be able to express. So when I discuss spiritual health or spirituality, I'm, I'm really focusing on how we can feed the spirit in us so that it helps lead us in our daily decisions. Um, I'm focusing on how we do life. Again, how we do life. Um, what we do to make the lives of, uh, of those around us better and also the cliche of who you are when no one is looking. The, there, there aren't really questions or surveys or questionnaires that will help with this particular thing. Like when was the last time someone asked you, how's your spirit? Honestly, I've asked people, how's your soul? And people have looked at me. I mean, even believers have looked at me as if I was speaking a foreign language um, to the point where I just stopped asking people. But there are some questions that I will ask you here. Some questions that I can ask about your spiritual health are uh, when you're in nature, do you feel more connected to the things around you or are you more at peace in a city? How strong is your desire to serve others when you help people? Do you feel a greater sense of peace than doing something for yourself? Do you get energy uh, from volunteer work or seeing people just being kind to others? I used to say, I don't judge if people are, are good people based on how they treat me. I was raised to only let people treat me a certain kind of way, right? Um, but I would watch and see how they treated others before I could comment. So these are the things that makes your spiritual health evident to me how you deal with quiet can you be still and wait to hear from who or what you need to um, or do you need to be busy so that you can feel important um, as we pull from scripture there are no passages that's gonna say for spiritual health do this but what it does tell us about is how to do life in a more meaningful way 2nd Corinthians chapter 13 Verse 11 tells us, Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Man, doesn't that, doesn't that sound like a great way to live life? Um, so much more peace than what the world is offering um, when they just give you one episode of drama after another. That's not how life is supposed to be. See, Spiritual health is about living a purposeful life, not um, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life book, but it's about um, transcendence and actualization uh, of different dimensions of the capacities of human beings. <laughs> Let me translate that. It means not, it, it means that you're actually living life and you're being involved in your life. You're not just being a robot. You're not just being a slave to the world or, or even a slave to your own desires. This is, this is what's awesome about maturing your spiritual wellness. Your spiritual wellness can provide you with a system of faith, beliefs, values, ethics, principles, and morals. If you're not a faith-based person, 
um, for the purpose of this conversation. That's okay. But know that your spirit is what saw, what serves as your as your compass. It will guide your decisions. It will uh, determine your passions, your investments. And if that's not guided by God, it's still being guided by something. What are you feeding your spirit with? Really, what would you say it is? See, scripture tells us that we should feed it. Um, let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The book tells us that um, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. N not only is fruit good to consume and, and to put into your body for health reasons, it, excuse me, it, it also bears more fruit like it. Wouldn't you want more love, joy, peace, patience, and so forth? Let, let me challenge you. Take a moment in your, in your life and just try to remove impurities from it. Even if it's for a small window of time. Think, think of it like a fast. In 2 Corinthians, um, Paul shares a promise from God. In chapter 6, verse 18, he says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and my daughters. Which leads me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Since we have this promise, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates our body and our spirit, perfecting holiness out of, out of, God, out of reverence for God, reverence as in respect, out of respect for God. God doesn't want us distracted by the world or, or, or feeding our spirit garbage. Think about the music that we listen to, the TV shows that we binge on, the company that we keep. E each of these things feeds our spirit something that we will draw from later if we know it or not. E e can you, you remember like listening to a song and then you walk around and you singing that song for hours and then you bump into a friend and they hear you singing it and then they mad at you. Why are they mad at you? Because now you've got that song stuck in their head. Let me paraphrase a couple lines from Colossians chapter 3 verse, verses 2 through 5. Um, Paul says, set your minds, uh, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things and, and put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, like lust, evil desires and greed, because once these things are stuck in your mind, they become part of your world. If, if you need a barometer to test what's good for you or what's not good for you, um, put things up against Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 where these th this is what's approved right whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things those are the things that we should be setting our minds on can you imagine if you told your friends that you were changing uh, the pattern of what you watch on Netflix or, or, or that the music you were going to listen to in your car was going to be clean music, do you think that they would support your spiritual growth or would they rather see you spiritually immature? Um, you want to surround yourself with people who motivate and drive you to be better. Um, as Proverbs 27 
verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Think about that. Only iron sharpens iron. So the people that you're around um, will, will affect you one way or the other. So you need to ask yourself, who do you have talking in your ear? Are the people in your social circle helping feed your spirit or are they draining you and, and planting impure thoughts and motives into your mind? Stirring up your spirit for evil. It, it, I know it's a tough message, but sometimes certain people can be the impurities that you need to remove from your life. Some of them have an agenda to work um, just to stay loud enough that you can't hear anyone else around you. When was the last time that you were able to sit in a quiet place? Did you really just sit and, 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 and meditate or did you browse the internet? H have you ever really meditated without falling asleep? <laughs> Earlier, I mentioned that we have to be busy to feel important. This is one of the devil's greatest tricks to make you feel that you have to be busy or that you're not important. He wants you to stay busy so that you can't slow the world down to hear God's voice speaking to you. In Mark chapter 6, a lot of things were going on. It was super busy. Jesus was uh, had just left his hometown because he wasn't honored there. They didn't give him any respect. Um, he had just sent the apostles, the 12, his 12 apostles out to go teach. Um, and he had given them gifts as a spirit. John the Baptist, his cousin, was just beheaded. I mean, it was a lot going on. So in Mark chapter 6, verse 31, just before Jesus fed the 5,000, this led up to this. He, This was right before he walked on water, just so you can have a frame of reference. Um, he did something that was subtle, but beautiful. The apostles were reporting back to him what they had accomplished. And the text tells us that because so many people were coming and going, um, that they, his apostles, um, didn't even have a chance to eat. He, Jesus, um, said to them, he said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Paul tells us again in Romans chapter uh, 12 verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His, his good, his pleasing and perfect will. See, God doesn't want us to be burnt out and drained and distracted good spiritual health spiritual health spiritual health can allow you to be in tune with things or, or people around you that's why some people um, have been or, or seem more earthy because they work to separate themselves from the clutter of the world and focus on what matters the most a clear and productive mind so from the research that I've done, I believe that we can boil spiritual health down into four aspects. Um, number one, it acts as a unifying force that integrates the other dimensions of health, the physical, the mental, emotional, financial, and social. Because spiritual health brings them all, or brings all these individuals into a single whole, I left that topic for last. Um, it creates or bring uh, number two, it creates or brings into focus one's meaning in life.
Now, the source of that meaning can vary, but it can serve as a powerful inner drive for personal accomplishments and contribution. Earlier, I called it a purposeful life. Number three, it, it transcends or, or rises above the individual and it creates a bond between individuals. Then this common bond, this common bond allows us to act in sacrifice to one another and, and, and it helps us to create and guide our ethics. Uh, number four, and this is based upon uh, the individual perceptions and faith. Um, the spiritual health helps acknowledge that there is a higher power at work and that that higher power is the cause of the natural workings of the universe. Our perceptions and our faith brings us pleasure and it convinces us um, in our ability to survive through different challenges. What this means to me, if you want to get your health on track, spend some time thinking about and working to mature your spirit as spiritual health helps create a balance between the physical, the psychological, the financial and emotional um, aspects of life. What, what does this look like played out in real life? See, a, a healthy spiritual life may include things like volunteerism, uh, social contributions, belonging and engaging with um, a positive social group. It could be um, fellowship, fellowship with other spiritually mature people. It could be um, optimism in various situations. It could be forgiveness and expressions of compassion. What does this sound like to you? Does it sound like a peaceful person? A person who gives um, from their heart, not out of a desire for return. Uh, this servant's heart will get you further um, than greed can. Remember in, in E4, I shared a quote from Joe Polish. Joe said that the world gives to givers and it takes from the takers. If nothing else, I hope that you were able to put some of these thoughts um, and, and opinions and scripture together um, so that you can figure out a way to have a long, healthier life. As I said in the first part of this series, all four of these facets of health need to be evaluated to understand your overall health. I find it interesting how each one is individually important, but how they affect each other. As I close, I want to walk through my takeaways from scripture. Um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, uh, I took away that God wants to see us living together in unity, helping each other, restoring each other. Having spiritual health helps us to look at how things work together and not focus so much on what divides us. Um, from Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, I took away that whatever you feed, um, whatever you feed your spirit is what it will produce and what it will technically give back out to the world. Um, please allow me the grace of grouping 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 with 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Um, if you're reading the Bible, they are right behind each other, but I wanted to break them up in here. Um, my takeaway is that God promises us a healthy relationship with him, but he doesn't want you splitting your time between developing your relationship with him and putting spiritual garbage in your spirit. Uh, 
<laughs> um, Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. Um, my takeaway here is that um, things subliminally are at work in you. Um, we say at work, bad data in, bad data out. You can't keep putting garbage in and expecting flowers to bloom. Um, Philippians, from, from Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, my takeaway is that scripture gives us a guide to help us understand what we should consume. And, and more importantly, what, we sh what secretly consumes us. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17, my takeaway is simple here. That the people around you will either lift you up or push you down. Those are the only things that can happen. So surround yourself with people who help you sharpen your iron. Um, from Mark chapter 6 verse 31. Um, Jesus saw that their spirits and that their bodies were depleted. They were so busy that they were missing nourishment. God not only directed them somewhere alone and quiet. It led him to performing a miracle that fed 5,000 people and got his team rest. Um, from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Um, this, one, this one is a big one. It, it just says to me, don't conform to what the world tells you is important. The enemy will keep your head buried in the sand or have you chasing things that don't matter. That is not God's desire for you. Now, these were my takeaways. I ask that you share yours in the comments below. Don't forget to like and subscribe and send any questions or prayer requests that you have to beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com. I thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and be safe.